Why have you brought me out like this? Captain wants you out and up, and we don't have much time. Sorry. Laura's eyes managed to focus on Andy's face, seeing the familiar bulbous nose, dark bags under pale brown eyes, and graying hair that was all stick-out tufts. Such an old, worn face was unusual in the Commonwealth, where everyone used cosmetic gene sequencing to look flawless. Laura always thought that humanity these days was like a race of youthful supermodels, which wasn't necessarily an improvement. Anything less than perfection was either a fashion statement or a genuine individualistic screw-you to conformity. Is Vermilion damaged? No. He gave her an anxious grin. Not exactly. Just lost. Lost? Which was possibly an even more worrying answer. How could you get lost flying to a star cluster that measured twenty thousand light-years in diameter? It wasn't as if you could lose sight of something of that magnitude. That's ridiculous. The captain will explain. Let's get you to the bridge. Laura silently asked her U-shadow for a general status review. The ubiquitous, semi-sentient utility routine running in her macrocellular clusters responded immediately by unfolding a basic array of mental icons— slender lines of blue fairy light that superimposed themselves within her wobbly vision. She frowned. If she was reading their efficiency modes correctly, her bionics had suffered some kind of serious glitch. The only reason she could imagine for that level of decay was simple aging. Her heart gave a jump as she wondered how long she'd been in suspension. She checked the digits of her time display, which was even more puzzling. Two thousand two hundred and thirty-one days. What? Andy asked. We've been underway for 2,231 days. Where the hell are we? Travelling for that long at ultra-drive speeds would have taken them almost three million light-years from Earth, a long, long way outside the Milky Way. His old face amplified how disconcerted he was. It might have been that long. We're not too sure about relativistic time compression in here. What? Just, uh, let's get you to the bridge, okay? The captain will give you a proper briefing. I'm not the best person to explain this. Trust me. Okay? He helped her swing her legs off the padding. Dizziness hit her hard as she stood up, and she almost crumpled. Andy was ready for it and held her tight for a long moment while she steadied herself. The suspension bay looked intact to her, a long cave of metal ribs containing a thousand large sarcophagus-like suspension chambers, lots of reassuring green monitor lights shining on every unit as far as she could make out. She gave a satisfied nod. All right, let me freshen up and we'll go. Have the bathrooms been switched on? For some reason she was having trouble interfacing directly with the ship's network. No time, Andy said. The transport pod is this way. Laura managed to coordinate her facial muscles enough to give him a peaked expression before she allowed herself to be guided along the decking to the end of the bay. A set of malmetal quad doors peeled open. The pod on the other side was a simple circular room with a bench seat running around it. Here, Andy said after she slumped down, almost exhausted by the short walk. Well, shuffle. He handed her a packet of clothes and some spore wipes. She gave the wipes a derisory glance. Seriously? Best I can offer. So while he used the pod's manual control panel to tap in their destination, she cleaned up her face and hands, then stripped off her sleeveless medical gown. 
Body modesty was something most people grew out of when they were in their second century and resequenced like Greek godlings, and she didn't care about Andy anyway. He was medical. She saw in dismay that her skin color was all off. Her second major bionic reform on her ninetieth birthday had included some sequencing to emphasize her mother's northern Mediterranean heritage, darkening her epidermis to an almost African black. It was a shading she'd maintained for the entire three hundred and twenty-six years since. Now, though, she just looked like a porcelain doll about to shatter from age. Suspension had tainted her skin to an awful dark grey, with a multitude of tiny water immersion wrinkles, except it was paper-dry. Must remember to moisturize, she told herself. Her hair was a very dark ginger, courtesy of a rather silly admiration for Grissy Gold, the Gollum blues singer, who'd reveled in an amazing decade of trans-Commonwealth success 232 years ago.